So we're looking at the first part of this service at the palm reading at Jesus walking into Jerusalem. In a few minutes time we're going to have the very long Passion Gospel reading because today obviously we celebrate Palm Sunday but today is also the first Sunday in Holy Week uh, the, first, the first day of Holy Week and, and so uh, we remember the events of the Jesus going up to the cross and we hear today also the Passion reading. Do you know there are those of us who go ahead of Jesus and there are those of us who trail behind. There are those of us who go ahead of Jesus. You see, we know what Jesus is all about. We're, we're sure of it. Uh, and the crowds gathering on that first Palm Sunday, they were sure, or some of them were sure, what Jesus was all about. And they were going ahead of him. After all, Jesus was coming as a military ruler. He would breathe life back into the resistance movement. He would inspire people to join the army and to rise up and to fight the Romans and to liberate Israel and set Israel free. And he would become king over a free Israel. They knew that was what Jesus was all about. The cause was everything. And Jesus was the man for their cause. But they'd missed the point. This was not what Jesus had come to do. Do you know, it's very easy to think that we can recruit Jesus to our cause. Whatever cause it is that you are convinced, passionate for, whether it's the environment, or the economy, socialism or capitalism, gender issues or traditional values. We imagine that Jesus is the champion of our cause, of my cause, that this is what he's all about, that this is what the gospel, the good news is all about. Or maybe we're the people who lag behind, who aren't going in front of Jesus, but who are back there following Jesus, slagging on some way back there. We go ahead of Jesus. Uh, we're the interested onlookers. We watch what Jesus is doing. We comment on him and comment on his disciples. We applaud him if he's doing the sort of stuff that we like and we criticise him if he doesn't do the things we don't like. We walk away if he doesn't do what we personally want. You know, we might be the people who, you know, we're following Jesus because we really want him to bless us and bless whatever it is we choose to do. We make the decisions, we live life our own way, and then expect him to follow after us and to bless our work, our work life, our personal life, and to sort out the messes that we're in. It's like the story of the Greek Orthodox priest who was invited by a businessman to bless his business. The priest went along. He thought, this is fantastic, a great opportunity to be able to, you know, witness to the man, only to discover when he got to the site of the business that he was being expected to bless a brothel. <laughs> 
And, and the problem with this sort of Jesus, you know, the Jesus where we're sort of following along, but actually we're, we're, we're the ones who sort of have our own agenda, is we're actually pretty shallow. We don't really know what it is that we are committed to. We join in with the crowd. When the crowd praises, we praise. When the crowd turns to rage, we join with them as a lynch mob. And five days later, this crowd of people who were going ahead of Jesus, who were trailing behind Jesus, who today declare Jesus is coming in the name of the Lord, in five days' time they turn on him. He had let them down. He hadn't done what they had wanted. He hadn't fulfilled their dreams. He hadn't answered their prayers as they wanted them answered. And so they cry out, crucify him. Today on Palm Sunday, we're called not to go ahead of Jesus, not to trail behind. We're called to be with the disciples, to walk next to him, to be with him in this final journey into Jerusalem. We're called to walk beside Jesus because then we will see. In Matthew chapter 21, we're told of the prophecy of Zechariah who says, see your king is coming riding on a donkey. This is Jesus clearly claiming to be the king. He is deliberately fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. He's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. He is being acclaimed by the crowd as, look at the, what they say, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, as the one who will bring in the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. He is making the statement, I am the Messiah. Don't get that wrong. But he comes not on a stallion, not as a warrior, but on a donkey. In fact, not even on a donkey, but a colt. He comes in peace and he comes in gentleness. When Solomon, the son of David, about a thousand years earlier, had entered into Jerusalem as king, he'd entered riding on King David's mule on his donkey. It was way of saying, I'm coming as David's son and I'm coming in peace. Jesus knows that he is king. He knows that one day his kingdom will be established. He knows that his day will come. He doesn't have to force anyone or anything to make it happen. But before that day comes, he knows that he's going to be rejected. He knows he will be arrested, tried, and executed. He comes into Jerusalem as one who has long ago faced up to the reality of his own death, even the nightmare of a death on a cross. And he's already dead to this world, already dead to the things of this world. And so he can come in confidence and in gentleness. He's not come as a king to take lives, but as a king to give his life in order to save his people. And we, are his people, are called to walk beside our king who is riding on the donkey. We walk beside him in obedience. He is our king, our ruler, our Lord and our God. The first six verses of our reading today are about two of Jesus' disciples. 
They go where he asks them to go. They do what he asks them to do. They say what he asks them to say, even though it must have sounded very strange to them. This really is not about coming to Jesus with our causes and our agenda, however good or worthy it seems to be. That is actually extremely presumptuous. Instead, this is about listening to Jesus, listening to his word, obeying him, even when we do not understand what he is doing. I've mentioned this before when I've spoken on this passage, but I'm struck by how they throw the leafy branches on the road to make a royal carpet for Jesus. It's a way of showing that he is Lord of creation. But what about their cloaks? Some of you will know a story about a man called Walter Raleigh, who, noticing that Queen Elizabeth I was about to walk through a puddle, took off his cloak and placed it over the puddle so that she could walk on it. I wonder whether, when they threw their cloaks before Jesus, it was far more than an act of gallantry. The cloak symbolised the person very much so in ancient Israel. And in throwing their cloaks at his feet, what they are saying is, I am willing to lay down my life for you. Last Sunday and in our Bible reading, one of our Bible readings from morning prayer this week, we heard Jesus say, those who love their life will lose it and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. We walk beside our King, and he is the one we are called to obey, and he is the one we are called to lay down our lives for. And we walk beside our King in gentleness and in confidence. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Why can they be gentle? Because the Lord is near. He is close in time and he is close in space. I insist on my own way. I react angrily. I try to force things when I feel out of control. But we do not need to live like that. As followers of the Messiah, we can be confident. Like the crowd who acclaim Jesus, they praise him and they declare that he is the one. Yes, it may seem that the world is out of control. Our lives are out of control. At times it may seem a frightening and confusing place. It may seem that evil and fear are winning, but we can have a Holy Spirit-given confidence inner confidence that God is in control, that the one who went to the cross rose from the dead, that Jesus is king, that his agenda and his will will be done, we pray that in the Lord's Prayer, and that one day his kingdom will come. And because of that confidence, we can come in both praise of him and in gentleness and love. We do not need to force anybody or anyone to anything or anyone to make the kingdom of God happen. 
Uh, on Monday, Thursday, we'll remember how Jesus, and this is how John puts it, knowing that he has come from the Father and that he is returning to the Father, strips off his robes, wraps himself round with a towel, kneels down and washes his disciples' feet. Because Jesus has absolute confidence in who he is, on where he has come from, where he is going, on the Father's love, he has nothing to prove. And because he's got nothing to prove, he can kneel down and do the work of a slave. And it doesn't matter what people think of him, doesn't matter what people say of him, because he knows who he is and of his father's victory. So today, those who are running ahead of Jesus, putting our causes or our self-interest ahead of Jesus, do you know that is such hard work? You are exhausting yourself. You're exhausting other people as well. You can stop. Instead, just walk beside Jesus and listen to him. Let him set the agenda. And he invites those of us who are trailing behind, wanting to be in on this, but not really sure what we think. He invites us to come forward. He invites us to listen to him, the king who comes in gentleness and love. He invites us, he invites you and me, to walk beside him.